Murder on the Music Scene has rebranded. We are now going by the name Mysterious-ish. Join us for Season 2 of Mysterious-ish, where we will be discussing conspiracy theories such as time travel and aliens. Season 2 premieres March 22nd with two new episodes. Murder on the Music Scene contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Murder on the Music Scene, the podcast where a music educator and a music enthusiast discuss the deaths of musicians and the mysteries surrounding them. I'm Caitlin. I'm Erica. And today we are going to be talking about Chester Bennington. You guys already knew that because we told you last week or the week before. No, it was last week because this is going to be a bonus episode. Yes. So last week. Hi, surprise. Welcome to our bonus episode. (laughs) We decided to make this bonus because... It's going to be probably a little shorter just because most of the conspiracy theories surrounding Chester Bennington also include Chris Cornell. So there's probably only going to be like one conspiracy. So, but that's okay. So that's why this is bonus. Mm -hmm. So surprise. Merry Christmas. Oh, wait. Happy spooky season. Happy spooky season. (laughs) Okay. Let's just do this thing. Ready? Chester Charles Bennington was born March 20th, 1976. He was a fellow Aries, I think. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. He's either a Pisces or an Aries. So, but he was born in... When was he born again? March 20th. I think that might be Pisces. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's like the cutoff. I don't know. Whatever. He was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, his mother was named Susan Johnson, and she was a nurse. And his father was Lee Bennington, and he was a detective. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, honey. <laughs> Just wait. Uh-huh. It gets worse. Um, his father often worked on child sexual abuse cases. This will become relevant relatively soon. Uh-huh. So Chester had three siblings, uh, a brother named Brian and two sisters. One of his sisters is named Toby, but I could not find the other one anywhere. Like I did read that they tried that, that his sisters tried to stay out of the limelight, but Toby stepped out after Chester's death. And Erica will talk about why she did a little bit later. Chester was always interested in music. And he cited bands such as Depeche Mode and Stone Temple Pilots as his inspiration later in life. So keep in mind that this dude loved Stone Temple Pilots. Like, he loved this band, okay? They were his, like, icons. He loved them. Now we're going to break it down. So uh, when Chester was about seven years old, he experienced sexual abuse from an older male friend. He said that it destroyed his self-confidence, and this is a really quick quote from him. Like most people, I was too afraid to say anything. I didn't want people to think I was gay or that I was lying. It was a horrible experience. Now, I get why he said that he didn't want to be thought of as gay, because back when he was seven years old in, like, 1983, it was probably a pretty big deal for someone to be gay. 
But so like I get it and it really sucks that he felt like he couldn't say anything, especially since his dad was a detective for shit like this. Mm -hmm. Like it sucks that he feels like he couldn't tell anybody. Right. So everywhere I read said that this abuse lasted six years. I I cannot imagine. I can't. Mm -hmm. He he literally from the time he was seven until the time he was thirteen years old. This poor guy was experiencing sexual abuse from supposedly an older male friend, quote unquote friend. If they're abusing you, they're not your fucking friend. They're not your friend. So it gets worse. Um, Years later, in 2008, he revealed this information in an interview with Kerrang! magazine. His dad, who literally did this shit for a living, demanded to know who it was that had assaulted Chester for so long. Chester told him, but said that he didn't want to do anything about it because Chester had found out that his abuser was also a victim of sexual abuse. Commonly. So I'm going to get a little opinionated for a sec. So if you don't want to hear it, just like skip forward about 15 to 30 seconds. Here we go. Uh, I definitely get where Chester is coming from. Uh, He probably didn't want to bring up old feelings, like maybe even for either of them, like him or his abuser. Um, but taking down your abuser does not make you a bad person. Turning them in and getting them help is the right thing to do. And oftentimes, if there's one victim, there's more. Usually this offense isn't just like a one-time thing. And turning them in can help to save so many future victims from experiencing the same trauma. And this person who was Chester's abuser should have turned in their own abuser because it can be a vicious and terrible cycle And I'm so glad that Chester didn't continue that cycle and that he lived a really successful life afterwards. Right. So there is a statute of limitations on sexual abuse. And I was curious to know what that was in uh, presumably Arizona, where Chester was presumably living at the time. So this says, I got it from like a, I don't know, it was a government website. And it says, the statute of limitations on sexual assault is seven years only after police determine the identity of the defendant. Prior to determining the perpetrator, there is no statute of limitations on sexual assault. So basically, if Chester would have publicly identified his abuser or even told his dad or the police, um, the police would have seven years from that point to charge that man. But I get it. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that Chester is in the wrong for not turning in his abuser. I'm just giving you the example. I'm stating the facts. So it's only going to just keep getting dark. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So not only was Chester sexually assaulted, but he was also bullied at school for, quote, being skinny and looking different. Fucking bullies. Like, why? What's the point? Just, like... Be nice, for God's sake. Oh my God, why is that so hard for some people? Okay, (laughs) anyways, back to Chester's childhood. So his parents got divorced when he was 11, and his father got custody of him. So in the midst of his sexual abuse, his parents got divorced, and Chester had never felt more alone. So he turned to substance abuse to cope with his depression. Told you, it's just going to keep getting darker. So he was abusing alcohol, marijuana, opium, cocaine, meth, and LSD. By the time he was a teenager, he had developed a strong addiction to meth and cocaine. He said, quote, 
I was on 11 hits of acid a day. I dropped so much acid, I'm surprised I could still speak. God damn. Yeah. I cannot. When he was, I don't remember. I don't know. This doesn't say specifically how old he was, but he was like formative years on 11 hits of acid a day. I cannot imagine. Who? I bet he doesn't remember that time at all. No, probably not. Um, but the only thing that stopped his drug abuse was moving in with his mom at 17. She caught him and for forbade him forbid him i don't know one of those she wouldn't let him leave the house um he also said that he quote used pot to get off drugs every time i'd get a craving i'd smoke my pot aside from drug drugs chester also found comfort in poetry art and music so moving into chester's musical life his first band's name was sean dowdle and his friends like it literally had a question mark at the end because wow. 90s i don't know they released a self-titled three-track cassette yes. in 1993 and dowdle and chester left his band to, left this band to form a new one called gray days like d-a-z-e like days um this band recorded a demo in 1993 as well as two albums, but two albums titled "Wake Me," which was released in '94, and "No Sun Today," which was released in 1997. Chester left this band in 1998, and he then met Jeff Blue, who was the vice president of Zomba Music. And Jeff mentioned the auditions to become a member of a new band he was forming called Zero, spelled X-E-R-O. After Chester was hired, the band changed their name to Linkin Park. And I, I read that literally, so they were gonna, they're, uh, blah, blah, blah. you know, did you get that? Yeah. So I saw that um, there were like a couple band names that they were throwing around. So it was first gonna be called Zero, X-E-R-O, but then it was also going to be called Hybrid Theory, which is a badass band name, like, that's a really cool band name. Yeah, like but then one day Chester was like on his way to this, the recording studio and he drove past Lincoln Park in LA, like like Abraham Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. And he came in and told the guys, he was like, hey, so what do you think about Lincoln Park? But apparently there was already a website titled Lincoln, like Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. Park dot whatever. And so they couldn't take that because it was already trademarked or copywritten or whatever the fuck. So they changed the spelling. I like that. And that's what happened. That's how Linkin Park got its name. So, all right, let's backtrack a little bit. So Chester's first son, whose name was Jamie, was born on May 12th, 1996. His mother's name was Elka Brand. And she had also had another son later. His name was Isaiah. And he was born on November 8th, 1997. Um, And in 2006, Chester actually like legally adopted Isaiah. So on Halloween of 1996, Chester married his first wife. Her name was Samantha Olit or Olit, Olit, I don't know. And together they had one child and his name was Draven. And he was born April 19th, 2002. And we will continue to learn about his family life as we progress. But for now, let's go back to the music. So on October 24th of 2000, Linkin Park released their debut album titled Hybrid Theory. So they took, instead of one of their band name ideas, they took it and made it into an album name, which 
that's pretty cool. Because it is a cool name. Like, mm-hmm. whoever came up with that, you're, you're smart. Good, you're smart. Good thinking. So, Chester and the band's vocal... Er, <laughs> Chester and the band's vocalist. Oof. Chester was the band's vocalist. But, as I'm sure most of you know, there was another vocalist. And his name was Mike Shinoda. Shinoda. I should know the names and how to pronounce them, oh, but God. I don't. Damn, I wish you did, because I was going to ask you. <laughs> Oops, sorry. So the other vocalist, his name was Mike Shinoda, and Mike did a lot of the rapping, while Chester did a lot of the singing and screaming. So about their first album, Shinoda says that the lyrics are interpretations of universal feelings, emotions, and experiences. Uh, Mike and Chester worked together to write the lyrics, like of, of all of their albums, presumably. And Hybrid Theory was certified diamond by 2005. And I figured out what that means because I'm sick of not knowing what it means. So basically, um, an album or a song can go, um, you know, platinum, diamond, whatever the other things are. It's based on how many, like, of that album are purchased. And there's a certain threshold per country mm-hmm. that like, so if they sell like 2 million copies of said album, I don't know if it's like just digital or just physical or both, but whatever, if they sell 2 million, then that means that they're diamond. That could be the wrong number. I don't know. I'm just throwing an example out there. So whatever, they were certified diamond by 2005. And during the band's touring period, Chester relapsed and began using drugs and alcohol again, which is sad. Um, Linkin Park released their second album, Meteora, in 2003. And this album hit number one on the Billboard 200 album chart and even made it to number two in Australia, the land down under. So also in 2003, MTV named Linkin Park the sixth greatest band of the music video era and the third best of the new millennium. During the making of Meteora, Chester suffered from extreme abdominal pain and gastrointestinal issues, so he had to have surgery. And they were filming a music video in Prague, like in Germany, and he started having these issues. And then, so he had to be shipped back to the United States and have surgery. I'm sure he was thrilled. Oh, for sure. Uh huh. So in 2005, Chester and his wife Samantha divorced. Um, also in 2005, he co-founded an electric rock band called Dead by Sunrise. Um, however, this band did not debut until May of 2008. So they were like a band until then, like for three years before they debuted. Um, their first album was titled Out of Ashes, and it was released. It was it was released on October 13th of 2009. Uh, in 2006, Chester married Talinda Bentley, and they had three children together. Tyler, who was born March 16th, 2006. That's my sister's birthday. Oh! But she was a long time before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they also had twin girls named Lily and Lila. That's so cute. But also, you're setting yourself up for failure. Lily, Lila, Lila. Whichever the fucking kid you are. Didn't we just have a conversation about this? Yeah, we super did. But it's fine. And the twins were born on November 9th of 2011. 
So also in 2006, Chester was able to kick the drug addiction for good. So in 2007, the band's third album, which was titled Minutes to Midnight, was released. We love the alliteration. Um, This album debuted at number one on the Billboard charts and featured songs like What I've Done and I Bleed It Out, Dig It Deeper Just to Throw It Away. Beautiful. (laughs) Maybe we should start a band. Yeah, fuck it. (laughs) We could play like a podcast band. Hey, we have a podcast mascot who may or may not be dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I inherited a, a hermit crab um, from a street fair this past weekend. And um, I spent $112 buying him a beautiful tank and giving him a beautiful setup. His name is Eugene, by the way. And Eugene, we have determined, is our podcast mascot. But... Um, he may or may not be dead because it turns out that hermit crabs don't do much. And so I like poked at him today with like the rock in his tank and he sort of moved, but we'll see. We'll see. He may or may not be dead. Okay. Hermit crab owners, get at me. I don't fucking know how to tell if a hermit crab is dead. So back to Chester Bennington. So do you happen to remember the name of the band that Chester loved so much? Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> um, well, let me tell you something. In 2013, STP parted with their lead vocalist, Scott Weiland, and Chester was able to be their front man for two years. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that so cool? I didn't know that. Can you yeah. imagine being the lead singer of your favorite band? I would die. I literally would like, like just bleh. Yeah, I could die the next day and just mm-hmm. be happy. I would fully shit a brick. My brain, like, could not handle it. And I just couldn't. I would just be, like, spazzing. Like, who do you think, like, if one band, who, like, what, which one would you choose? Sorry, I can't fucking words. God damn. Okay, bring me the horizon, mm-hmm. but here's the deal. I don't want to replace Oliver Sykes. Right. I want to just add to what he already brings. Right. Also, I want him to fall in love with me. I feel that. Who's your band? Oh, see, Post Malone is in a band, so it would just be like a, like a duet. Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, Five Seconds of Summer. Ooh, I love them. I would marry every single one of them. <clears throat> sister wife. What um, is that? Yeah. Is it sister wife when you're married to like multiple, or is that only when it's like no? Two that's women when and... that's when the man is married to multiple oh. women. They would be brother husbands. They would be brother. But what would I call myself? The wife of brother husbands? Um, you would be in a polygamous relationship with that's, multiple men. I mean, fuck, that's fine. There's, <laughs> there's. Okay, so, um, Chester was part of STP for two years, but in 2015 he left in order to fully focus on Lincoln Park. Such a good guy. From this point on, I couldn't find any additional work from Lincoln Park. Aside from what would be their final album, um, they released other fucking albums. I know they did because you Google Linkin Park albums and there's like seven of them. But apparently no one thinks the other ones are important. So I'm going to list them and the dates that they were released now. Well, the years. The fourth album that they released was titled A Thousand Sons and it was released in 2010. The fifth one I can count was titled Living Things, and it was released in 2012. 
And the sixth one, why am I struggling so much to remember which one it is? The sixth one was titled The Hunting Party, and it was released in 2014. So on May 19th, 2017, Linkin Park released their seventh and what would be their final album, and it was titled One More Light. This was two days after Chris Cornell's death. Um, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington were very close friends, as we learned in the last episode. Um, They became friends while their respective bands were on tour together in the mid-2000s. They grew closer during the 2007 and 2008 Project Revolution tour. And during this tour, Chester joined Chris in singing Hunger Strike. And Chris joined Chester in singing Crawling. Chester was Cornell's um, son's godfather. Christopher Jr., um, yeah, Chester was his godfather. Now, I intentionally designed this to rip your heart out. Thanks. So here we go. Chester wrote on Instagram following Cornell's death, quote, I can't imagine a world without you in it. I pray you find peace in the next life. Linkin Park attempted to perform the song One More Light on Jimmy Kimmel Live, but Chester couldn't finish singing it because he kept getting choked up. As I said in the last episode, Chester sang Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah at Chris Cornell's funeral. And here's another quote from Chester at Chris's funeral, and I'm not going to cry. Quote, my name is Chester, and I had the great privilege of being a friend of Chris and invited to be a member of his family. And here's a tweet to rip your heart out as well. Chester wrote on Twitter, quote, your voice was joy and pain, anger and forgiveness, love and heartache all wrapped into one. I suppose that's what we all are. You helped me understand that. It's fine. I'm fine. So Chester was very tore up about Chris Cornell's death, just like the rest of us. And I mean, that was, that was his best friend and his brother. Like I cannot imagine what he was going through. Bringing it even farther down. Sorry, y'all. This one's kind of rough. Chester Bennington died by suicide on July 20th, 2017. Two months after the death of his dear friend, Chris Cornell, and coincidentally on what would have been Cornell's 53rd birthday. Also, it was in an eerily similar way to Chris Cornell. Chester's autopsy showed traces of alcohol and ecstasy in his system, which suggests a relapse, possibly due to the loss of his friend. Lincoln Park released a statement, you touched so many lives, maybe even more than you realized. In the past few days, we've seen an outpouring of love and support, both public and private, from around the world. Talinda and the family appreciate it and want the whole world to know you were the best husband, son, and father. The family will never be whole without you. (sighs) I'm fine. Chester was 41 years old. He left behind his wife, six kids, parents, siblings, two pygmy goats, Three Bantam chickens, a tortoise, six dogs, two cats, and a fish. This boy had a whole farm. I'm literally wiping away tears. (laughs) So Linkin Park canceled their tour to support their most recent album release and instead held a tribute concert on October 27th. This concert was called Linkin Park and Friends Celebrate Life in Honor of Chester Bennington. Performers included, but we're not limited to, there's like literally a fuck ton of them. Blink-182, Jonathan Davis of Korn, M. Shadows and Sinister Gates of Avenged Sevenfold, Ryan Key of Yellow Card, The Love of My Life, Oliver Sykes of Burn Me the Horizon, Darren Malakian, and Shavo Odadijan, sorry, of System of a Down, MGK, Alanis Morissette, 
Jeremy McKinnon of A Day to Remember, Derek Wibley and Frank Zumo of Sum 41, and so, so, so many others. This concert is available on YouTube, and we'll link it on the blog if anyone is feeling like they need a good three-hour-long cry. I may or may not have watched this after I finished my research, and I may or may not have sobbed the whole time, especially during this moment that I'm going to make Erica watch now, because if I have to cry, so does she. And so do all of you. I will, like, make a direct link to this spot if you guys want to watch the spot that I'm talking about. But it's, like, heart-wrenching. Or maybe it's just heart-wrenching for me because I'm a baby. Who knows? Erica's going to live react to this. A live react. Here you go. Do you see what's happening? It looks like a Christmas tree, but I can't tell. Just wait. Is it his fucking... It's his microphone wrapped in flowers. Mm-hmm. And the audience is singing it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like trying to like explain to Dylan what was happening in this video. And I was like, Dylan, there's like the microphone is wrapped in flowers. And then I got choked up and I was like, and the audience is singing the song and there's no one there, but there's a spotlight on the microphone. And I was like crying and he's like, Okay. So anyways, uh-huh. Erica's crying too now. It's fine. Everything's fine. So if anyone wants to just fucking sob for three hours long, go ahead and watch um, this tribute video. Also, to end it, sorry, spoiler alert, but to end it, um, Blink-182 saying, we miss you. Of all the songs on the planet, why you gotta tear my heart out and stomp on it, Blink-182? Why you gotta do that? I love you, but because why you gotta do because that? Because it's Mark Philippoupis. <laughs> and he's a shawty. It's fine. Okay. You're up, Did bud. you not catch what I said? Phil- I heard it. Wait. Mark Philippoupis. I heard it. Oh, that's not his last name. <laughs> I get it. Oh my god. I don't get it. His name is Mark more coppice or some something like that oh yeah i'm not and gonna lie i only know travis barker <laughs> i'm not sorry my aunt beth would be so disappointed in me i'm fucking disappointed in you <laughs> okay but um i mean i didn't think that you would get why i said that but anybody that's a fan of five seconds of summer will get that loki God damn, my heart just left out of my body. (laughs) The door, Loki just shut the door and it literally made me piss my pants. I, that scared me so bad. Yeah, Yeah, I've gotten used to it. But yeah, the first couple times I literally almost cried for the simple fact that because I know someone died in this apartment. And so that even scared me 10 times more. My soul just left my body. Are you okay? I'm fine. Loki, you're kind of a dick, but you're also very cute. But I'm mad at you for scaring me. I'm mad at you. Oh my god. All right, conspiracies. Yeah, conspiracies. Gotta dry my tears. Gotta dry my tears. All right, all right, let's do this. Oh, as we know, all of um, Chester's and Chris's conspiracy theories are like linked up. So I ended up finding kind of one... And I had no idea about this conspiracy. Like I heard, like I've heard a part of it and I'm sure you've heard part of it, 
but I didn't know that it, that they were like linked up at all. So okay. So we all know that a lot of people just kind of also look over Chester's um, death. Apparently, um, that's why there's not many. Um, not like in a bad way, but like with the conspiracy theories, there's mm-hmm. because like not many people um, see his death as a conspiracy. Right. Because people are like because you know Chester was very open about being depressed and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't... I mean, so was Chris Cornell. Right. He was very openly like, yeah, I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with, like, drug addiction. I've struggled. But, I mean, just because someone is depressed doesn't mean that they are automatically going to take their own life. Right. That doesn't... That's not... That is correlation, not causation. Right. But I found... What is called a rabbit hole of a conspiracy. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's do it. And then this has... It was like so much. And maybe it was so much for me because of things. But... <laughs> Were you little? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you... So if you put Chester Bennington and John Podesta side by side, they almost look identical. Who? If you don't know who John Podesta is, he is, he was um, serving in Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. Okay, I see it. Yeah, so he was in Hillary Clinton's campaign in uh, 2016. There, uh, there were some scandals about emails, blah, blah, blah. But some theorists think that those emails were linked to a government-based child sex trafficking ring. There's a photo of the email, so if you want to attach that, like find it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I have it on my phone. Okay. But I'm going to read, like, the email. So the subject is get ready for Chicago hot dog day. Um. <laughs> and then it says, I think Obama spent about 65000 of the taxpayer's money flying in pizza. Pizza. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at pizza in Chicago. <laughs> Let's backtrack that. Gosh, dang. <laughs> I think Obama spent about 65000 of taxpayers' money flying in pizza slash hot dogs from Chicago for a private party at the White House not long ago. Assume we are using the same channels. That email doesn't really make sense to me. It's a little sus. What is it? What does that mean? Assume we are using the same channels. That could be code. Exactly. Because that doesn't, that sentence doesn't make any mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did think it was code. And here are some of the things. Uh, for one, who would order $65,000 worth of pizza and hot dogs? Okay. Yeah. Pizza and hot dogs are code for something else. Two, why would the White House ca- like not cater for events? Like, why would you like, have why, to order pizza why, and yeah, hot dogs? Yeah, and fucking, you're telling me that a fucking rich ass person's not eating like escargot or something? Fucking caviar. Yeah. And creme brulee. Yeah. And so, um, allegedly, hot dog is boy and pizza is girl. Okay, but did they actually mean Obama? I don't know. That's what the that's what the email said. So I'm gonna guess, like, if it wasn't, maybe Obama was code for something. And so, like, if they knew that this was coming about, maybe Obama is actually a keyword for some someone else. But they were like, I we're gonna blame it on Obama. You know what I mean? I think Obama is even code. Mm, sus, man. And it does say, I think. The email says, I think Obama. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are they getting pizza and hot dogs? It's going to cost $65,000. Are they ordering, like, deep dish Giordano's pizza? Like, and how many of them? How big of a party was this? Right. 
Like the whole planet? The whole planet. I wasn't invited. Where's my invite? I like pizza. Right. And um, actual pizza. Actual pizza. Not not coded pizza. I like actual pizza. Yes. Nice correction. Uh, do you remember the whole Pizzagate scandal? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we're on top of that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So back to John. Um, did you know he is believed to be Chester's biological father? What? Yep. I'm not saying everyone believes that, but it's pretty weird how they look like. Like, like his mom had an affair with this dude. I don't know, dude, dude. I need to see a picture of, what did I say his name was? Lee Bennington? Lee Bennington? Oh, his dad? Yeah. His dad. (laughs) Daddy-o. Nah. Nope. That ain't it. Oh, that's awkward. I'll post pictures of both Chester and his, quote, dad, and Chester and his dad. Okay. In 2014, Mike Shinoda, who is a member of Lincoln Park, wrote an article for Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. He went into detail about the band's nonprofit called Music for Relief. After the 20, 2010 Haiti earthquake, the charity started a sustainable recycling program to help the country, but they began to run out of money. Uh, the Clinton Foundation came through and offered a grant so they could finish what they started. So it's the same Clintons who are so close to John. Gave okay. a grant to the band that his alleged son was a part of. Continuing on in 20, 2008, yep, 2008, <laughs> Chester said in an interview with Kerrang that he had been sexually abused as a child mm-hmm. and said it was a friend who was a few years older than him, uh-huh. as we know. Said it started out as curiosity and went to crazy violations. Mm-hmm. I literally said, so dun dun dun. Chester's dad and the Clintons got rid of Chester because him and Chris were going to come forward. I was so dramatic with that writing. Come forward with the... With the um the sex ring that they let. Like the... I said it earlier. Yeah. So they were going to come forward... Oh, with Pizzagate. Mm-hmm. Quote. Yeah, like, so Chester and Chris knew everything. And they were like, oh... Let's get rid of him. Yeah. But then, so do you think that they then specifically chose July 20th because they knew that it was Chris Cornell's birthday? I mean, maybe. And it was just convenient for them that it was coming up? Or, no, I was going to say, or maybe they had that date picked out the whole time. Because maybe, ooh, maybe they just knew they were going to kill Chris first to torture Chester, which is fucked up. Mm. But politics yes. and politicians yes. are fucked up. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot to process. I don't know. So, Chester and that, that John guy, they look real similar. I know. So fucking Chester's good old daddy-o murdered him. Don't kill your children. I mean, don't kill anybody, but especially don't kill your children. Jesus. Agreed. What else you got? Um, so that was uh, the, the conspiracy. I'm sorry. That was kind of lame. No, I mean, that's okay. So, hold on. Before we move on to the next thing, do you do you actually, like, do you believe that? I mean, I don't know if I believe, like, the conspiracy, but I think I kind of believe that that might be his real dad. I agree. I really, I think that that might be his real dad. It very well could be because, good Lord, they look similar. Mm-hmm. Seriously, guys, like, look up. Like, go to the blog. Go to our blog, murderonthemusicscene.com, and look at the pictures of... Chester with his, with Lee Bennington, which was his father, 
and Chester with John Podesto, who is his supposed father. Yeah, they look eerily similar. But I don't I don't really think that I don't really think that Hillary Clinton, like I don't think the Clintons got rid of him. Right. Because why would they give money to the band? Like the band's non for not for not for profit. <laughs> why can't I speak? Not for profit. And then right. Train right. Unless yeah. that's I don't know. I don't know. I personally I think, and I said this in the last episode, I think that Chester Bennington's death was actually a suicide. Um, I do not feel like Chris Cornell's was. Right. But I feel like Chester's death was a result of Chris's because I think I think that was just the last straw for Chester, right. unfortunately. But what do you think? I think the same. Like, I don't think he would have... I don't think, like, someone came at him and, like, murdered him. I think it was tragically he did take his own life. Because, I mean, I couldn't imagine losing, like, my best friend. No. I literally can't imagine it. That would... It would just tear me apart. I couldn't do it. I can't imagine losing any of my friends. Like, at all. It's hard. Anyways, what's the last thing you have? Um, I have an article about Tabby... (laughs) About Toby... Which is Chester's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she brought up Chester and Mike's friendship. Um, Toby also accused Mike of bullying bullying her brother. She was also very vocal that she was not happy with how her brother's death was solved. <laughs> I really hope they can hear this. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. You're welcome. You get to hear Loki being a crackhead. <laughs> Um, in a tweet, she shared that an, an investigative article written by C.C. Woods, who proposed numerous unanswered questions considering Chester's death. Toby said her brother's death was mistreated and all these unanswered questions will be challenged one day. And she also wrote an Instagram post. This investigative report is too important to let it slip through the media cracks created by all the chaos we live in every day. Thank you, C.C. Woods, for bringing these questions to light. It's repulsive how my brother's death was mistreated by the authorities. I pray these unanswered questions will be challenged someday. I've tried and always met with resistance. It seems that myth is more important than the truth. Whatever it may be, hashtag truth for Chester Bennington, hashtag make Chester proud, hashtag the truth will come out. Oof, I just got chills. So she she just thinks that... She's basically saying that Mike Shinoda was not great to Chester Mm -hmm. and this is what Toby is saying this is not what we're saying we're just giving you the article details but she's saying that he was not great to him he was not great to Chester and that there are like it was basically as bullshit how the how his death investigation was handled and they just wrote it off as a suicide very quickly and there are still a bunch of unanswered questions right yeah so I get it. I understand that it's hard to lose a loved one. And like, yeah, there are unanswered questions and maybe there was foul play at hand, but how can you know? Right. And sometimes when we lose a loved one, we just want to place the blame on somebody, anybody. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in so many of the true crime cases that I've listened to. Parents lose their children and they just pin it on the very first suspect that comes along and they refuse to change their mind and they really really think that's who did it and sometimes that's true sometimes it is that person but um the one case that really comes to mind right now is the west memphis three there were three eight-year-olds that were brutally murdered and um three teenage boys who had absolutely no link to it were 
jailed for decades and they were they were wrongfully imprisoned hmm. and like the parents of the three boys who were murdered they really believed that it was these three teenagers for the longest time but something happened some new evidence came out and they finally changed their mind but there was still one of the parents who still thought that it was them and like i get it it happens when something very strange like this happens we have to blame it on somebody we have to fit because it just like helps us with our closure but at the same time like i don't know i don't know i don't think chester ever said anything about his relationship with mike but then again he might not right i don't know but i mean they were a band for 17 18 years so i don't know and you could tell in the tribute concert you could tell that Mike was, he was hurt. You could tell he like got choked up a couple times and yeah, it was rough. Right. Especially when like the audience would sing, he like lost his shit. Right. I don't think, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I just don't know how true, like take her statement with a grain of salt is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This was a heavy episode. Lots of um, triggering content. Mm -hmm. So I hope you all stuck in there. And um, you're all doing great. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be back next week with a, a topic that Erica is super excited about. I'm already crying. And she's gonna, she's gonna, it's, it's Erica's turn to sob. I sobbed this week and last week. It's Erica's turn. I'm done. I don't want to cry anymore. I think I'm going to be crying for the next few episodes. Who's after? I don't know. Okay. Uh, this I know this episode might not be as long as normal, but um, the recording right now is at an hour and 23 minutes. So we're going to go. We're going to go. We'll see y'all next week since this is a bonus episode. Mm -hmm. So bye. Goodbye forever. If you or someone you know has been a victim of sexual assault, please call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-HOPE. That's 800-656-4673. Thank you for listening to Murder on the Music Scene. Our cover art and our music and editing is done by Caitlin Anderson. Check out our website at murderonthemusicscene.com and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Murder on the Music Scene. If you have suggestions or comments, email us at murderonthemusicscene at gmail.com. All of our episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you would like to support us, you can become a patron on Patreon. Just search Murder on the Music Scene or use the link on our website. Make sure to join us next time for another conspiracy-filled episode of Murder on the Music Scene.